Here we are then, guys, for another episode of The Marshall View, and this time we're joined by John Molyneux, who is the sales samurai. He's an expert in cold calling and door-to-door sales, and has got an awesome background in martial arts as well. So thank you so much for joining us, John. Really appreciate it. It's a pleasure to be here, Dan. Awesome. For anyone who doesn't really know you then or know what you do, do you just want to give yourself a very brief introduction just to, yeah, just to set the scene for what we're about to speak about? Yeah, let's do that. I'll, I'll make it brief. So I spent a few years in the military when I was younger. Uh, kind of fell into the usual well, stint of homelessness and drugs and all that, but won't get too much into that. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, but bouncing, door work, security, I did a lot of that, and uh, driving trucks. So that's when I came out of the military. Then I kind of stayed in a different direction, managed to find martial arts and, and thought yeah this is what I've been kind of craving I missed the discipline from the, the army this will kind of get me back on focus and everything so yeah I, I got stuck into that and I was teaching my, I was teaching karate I was actually getting grades and everything like that for free and I was being taught by uh, fifth dance adventures they were teaching me but I was uh, I was getting all that free but I was expected to build the class up so I was doing door to door so that's where the, the sales and the samurai thing came okay together. yeah yeah fantastic let's start right at the beginning then so how did you get involved in the British Armed Forces if, if I'm honest with you Dan it wasn't something that when I was a kid I was always playing with action man and wanting to be a soldier <laughs> and all that kind of shit. yeah it was pretty much a last resort for me uh, when I left school, I was an electrician and I never got fully qualified. And then it was kind of a slippery slope from there. I never I never finished the qualification. So in and out of work, signing on the door, shitty dead end jobs till in, in like early mid 20s. And then I just thought, no, it was my early 20s. And I thought, sorry, I'm going to do, I'm just going to get away from Bolton, try something yeah. new. So I joined the army and I, I did all right. I mean, I got through basic training about three months, I think it was. And, Got relocated to another part of the UK, did some extra training, and then I was in, in Germany for about six months, and then I just decided that it... I mean, looking back, I, maybe I should have done a couple of tours. If I'd have gone to, like, Bosnia or Afghanistan or something, I might have thought, oh, wow, this is quality. But, uh, again, on the other, on the flip side, I could have lost limbs and stuff like that. So, sure, yeah. you know I mean? At least I came out still able-bodied, so that's the positive right now. Yeah, definitely. And what about your first experience in martial arts then? So you started with karate, you said... Well, yeah, I mean, I, I did traditional boxing in the army. Uh, and then when I came out, I think I might have done a little, I dabbled a little bit with sort of Thai boxing, but not to any kind of uh, any kind of level, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then it wasn't until I just got my head into the, the karate. So that that's, was really my foundation of martial arts. I've gone on to other things now and I'm interested in other arts. I've, I've kind of steered towards the more Chinese and the softer side of things now. Okay. Like the, the, the Qigong, I do a lot of Qigong daily and stuff like that, so yeah. Tai Chi, that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, my foundation was, was karate, really. That, that's what I kind of uh, base it on. Why karate? Was it just what was available, or did something call yeah, out it to it? literally was. I mean, if it had been, if it had been come from instructor, I could have been, well, it was just that that was yeah. the, the instructor job, so that, that's why it was great. It wasn't, wasn't a particular one that I would have chosen, but saying that, it was good. I, I did enjoy it. Any, any traditional martial art is good for a base, and then you can yeah. add your own flavour to it once, you, once you've got to a certain standard, kind of. 
Yeah, definitely. How do you think, um, or how important do you think that cross training is in martial arts then? Like, I totally agree with you that having a base is a really good thing, but then at that point, I think it's time to go off yeah. on the road and see where it takes you. Well, I mean, for me, Dan, I'm, I'm a predominantly a striking guy. I, I'm, I don't really want to be on the floor. So for me, what interests me is, is traditional striking arts, boxing, uh, karate, whatever, Muay Thai. Uh, like, we'll talk about left wing in a minute, but yeah, just yeah. striking arts. But I quite like the idea of having a bit of judo. I'm quite interested to learn a bit of judo so I can take you down as well. But I don't really want to be on the floor if I can help it. So BJJ is not my thing. I have done a little bit of grappling, but and, and respect to it as an art. But I'd rather be on my feet. And if it's gone to the floor, then I'm in, I'm in a bad place. <laughs> yeah, I think people generally tend to kind of fall into one of the categories, don't they? Of being a striker, yeah. being a grappler, yeah. or being someone comfortable on the floor. And yeah, I'm definitely more of a stand-up guy, I think. But <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cool. Um, you just mentioned Lethway then. So you and another guy that you fought were the first people to fight Lethway in the UK. Is that correct? It is, yeah. Um, a friend of mine, uh, Andrew Baitwell, he's, he's very, very well known in the, in the Muay Thai world. He actually, him and a couple of other lads, started a, a, a bare knuckle boxing association in the Northwest. They were one of the first to actually do it. Uh, I think the first uh, event they had was literally on a car park and they just did a makeshift ring and they had, yeah. a, had, a, had a bit of like burn knuckle stuff. So he was one of the, lead, the like the leaders. I think he's, he's kind of got licensed now and he's a bit more accepted and there's quite a few different clubs doing, but he was yeah. definitely one of the pioneers. And since then, he's he's been running successful shows. I think he's probably done about eight or nine now, not something like that. Yeah. Uh, Burpees Boxing Association, you might know. Anyway, so I think I fought on about the third or the fourth one. I just did a, a normal bo- a gloved bout. I had a, bo- I had a normal boxing to get fight. And then uh, I think it was, I, don't, I can't remember which show it was, but a couple of shows later, I did the left way, which was burn knuckle, well, apart from hand rat. But it was, it's, it's, so it's like Muay Thai, but you can headbutt. So yeah, yeah you can actually well. That was a very, I don't think I actually managed to do any headbutts. It's a very unusual sort of technique to use, especially yeah. in a ring. You're not used to it. Maybe if you're on the street or the pub or something, it might be a bit more natural. But <laughs> when you're actually in a ring, it's quite an unusual concept. But yes, you are, it is legal to headbutt. And you can also, you can also actually be knocked out. This is proper left way rules in Myanmar, where it comes from. Yeah. You can actually be knocked out and still fight if, if you know if your uh, corner can get you revive you in like 30 seconds or something you can go at it again after being knocked out wow which i think is pretty pretty like unheard of isn't it really yeah definitely yeah normally knockout knockout that's it done that's sorry it, no. yeah. go on wake him up splash him on go on. <laughs> you'll be all right come on crack on <laughs> <laughs> what was the experience like then for you fighting that like how did your training oh. change um yeah they're like more nerves than usual just because there is a bit of a it's a bit of a step up, I suppose. Like, well, elbows. for me, <clears throat> uh, it was kind of a natural progression. And all the, the, the training that I've been doing was pretty much Muay Thai because it is yeah. it's practicing Muay Thai, Muay Thai training. Because there isn't that much in the way of left way. There isn't any left way schools that, that I know of. I mean, it is getting a little bit more popular in the UK now. But I mean, it, it, at the time, there was none. There, there yeah. was no way to train in it. Um, so I just did Muay Thai training really in, in preparation for it. And the the only thing that kind of hindered me, I thought, I mean, I lost the fight, but the bloke that I fought, he was actually from the same village as me in Bolton. I mean, I live in a different part of the country, but we were actually from the same village. And yeah. he was supposed to drop down a weight. I think I was about 90, 
90, hovering around 90, 92 kilograms, and he was 100 and something. And he was supposed to come down to 95. And I was like, well, if I've got a few kilo underneath that, I'm not too bothered, but he didn't lose yeah. any weight. Right, so that's a big weight like, difference. So, oh, well, it's a completely different weight division, isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. But uh, yeah, I definitely knew about it when we were in the ring because it kicks. It was like being kicked by a mule, you know. What I mean? <laughs> when, I, when the fight was over, my legs were like black and blue, top to bottom. So yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was it was a good scrap, a good fight. Excellent. Um, you're now known then, obviously, for your your sales samurai. So so teaching yeah. people about sales, cold calling, um, yeah. various things about that. When did you first get interested in selling? and marketing and in that kind of business world well that that's the funny thing i didn't really show any interest in it at all the only reason i persevered with that was to to sort of tie in with getting my martial arts the, the belt was the 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 driver i was getting the black belt and yeah. the, the fact that i did cold calling and sales and all that was just part of what i did sure. but it without me realizing that was setting me up for um a career basically because it's given me skills that I've taken since the karate. I don't teach karate anymore, but I, I still use the, the the knowledge that I gained and the, the skills that I got from that. Yeah. And I put it into my, into my, it is part of my brand now, because as you probably know, you, you're going to repeatedly punch things, aren't you, as a, as a karate guy or, or a martial artist, or you're going to repeatedly do the same moves over and over again. You do the same thing with sales. I'm doing the same, dialing the same numbers over and over again, reading the same scripts over and over again. So it's repetition, discipline and, dedication which so to me just yin and yang they just cross over yeah for sure definitely um so yeah you kind of alluded to it there but what for you is the link between martial arts and selling how do you merge the two well again like i say the the things that i that i took from the, the martial arts trade I, I just used that same mentality that that perseverance that dedication patience as well when you're teaching the mm. kid and you're going you're doing the same you're trying to do the same cutter over and over again and you're not getting it you have yep. to have that patience or it's the same when you're trying to sell somebody that they they're not quite going over the line they're just hesitant or they're backing off or you've got to follow up you've got to have that same patience you can't just throw the towel in with that five-year-old kid just as you can't throw the towel in with the person trying to sell or, or yeah, cut that deal with <laughs> um some people have just a natural maybe fear of selling they've got a product it's a good product people like it but some people or it works both ways some people are a little bit nervous a little bit anxious about getting to the the, the crux of it and actually you know making the deal closing the deal and selling themselves where others naturally excel at this so what do you think what are some kind of tips for people that are maybe a little bit nervous about selling maybe school owners that are trying to sell their classes selling courses online perhaps at the moment which is obviously a big thing because we're all locked down um, what can you offer to someone that's that's maybe just a little bit nervous, such as myself, maybe, that's not very good at promoting myself, not very good at going, look, I've got this, buy it. You know, how do you get someone to be better at that? Right. Well, there's a few things, really. It, it comes up time and time again, Dan, whether it's coaches, I speak to a lot of coaches, but a coach to me is very similar to a martial arts instructor, especially if you're running it as a business. So the, you're very good at what you do. You know, and you're very good at your, your techniques and, and t teaching what you need to teach and getting your message across and passing over your knowledge and that kind of thing, just as a coach. But when it comes to taking money off somebody, <laughs> you don't like to do it. Yeah, yeah. But it, it, the way I look at it, and I say this to everybody, is 
if you're confident in yourself and you're confident in your product that it will work and help the individual, you should have no fear or hesitation. It should just be a smooth process because you 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 should be able to show them the value of what they're investing. If anything, the, the value of it should 10x, 20x, 30x what what the actual investment is. So what they benefit, what they get from that investment should it should be a no-brainer for them. Definitely. And if, if you put that across to them and you're confident that it's going to do that and you can paint this picture for them in 12 or 18 months' time, then you should have no issues with asking for the investment or the cash. So it's just <laughs> having the confidence that your product is there and then um, projecting that confidence onto your customer. and it's going Absolutely. Like- Absolutely. If you are confident in yourself, the, the only thing that, that would hold you back is if you weren't 100% happy with, or if it was me, the only thing that would hold me back personally. So if it was me and I've got my brand new martial arts uh, two grand course that's going to take you from this to this, you know what I mean? From, from uh, I don't know, wet behind the ears to street savvy fight or whatever, whatever it is, whatever you promote. Sure. As long as I knew that it's going to get them from this point to that point, regardless, and they will definitely get what they want from this this package or this this course. It, it wouldn't cross my mind. I'd just be like, ah, it, 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 it easily roll off the top because I'm confident what I'm selling. I'm confident in myself. So it shouldn't. It, Dan, I know you, you're respectable. You're respecting my sites. You've, you've had awards. You've got, you, I've seen you uh, doing demonstrations at, at, at Kaizen and stuff like that. You know what you're doing. So you shouldn't have any issues. You've got the reputation. You know what I mean? You've got the reputation. You've got the, the experience. You've got the, 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 the grades and the, the belts and all that kind of stuff. So everything you need, you're a full package. So you should not have any issues with saying, right, uh, this is what we'll do, this is what we'll do. If you're interested, I can, I'd lo- love to work with you. It's going to be X amount. What do you think? <laughs> That's all you need to say. Yeah, and yeah. Would, sure. would you like to move forward? Yeah. Excellent. Do you normally use your Visa, debit card, Tomas card, whatever? Just do it. Just just be sort of, not push it, but guide them in, into the place. that they, you, you both paint the pitch together, so you're, all you're doing is to take them across the finish line together. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, completely makes sense. Um, it's weird because it seems now, though, that I think the martial arts are getting better. But it used to be if you were making money from martial arts, you were selling out. Um, there was this 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 well, idea so of like... Martial arts has to be poor all of a sudden. Exactly, yeah. There's this almost <laughs> martyrdom syndrome. The Don Yens and all the top, the top martial yeah. artists, the, the Steven Seagal. Is he, is he broke? Steven Seagal, <laughs> What about Van Damme? I reckon he's got a few quid as well. <laughs> Probably, yeah. I think he's doing all right. Yeah. But there almost seems to be, or there were almost there was this this almost martyrdom. If you were running a class, it was like, okay, you'd make it as cheap as you can, you'd provide for the community. It was you giving back to the arts. And for me, that never really um it never really correlated. Because for me, as a full-time martial arts instructor, the more I invest now into my business and the more I invest into my time in martial arts, the more I'm going to improve which then translates down to my students. And for that, I obviously need an income because, sorry, the world's based on money, isn't it? So why do you think this change is good? Or obviously you think this change is good, but why do you think this change has emerged within the martial arts industry of, of kind of making it more business orientated now? Because it has to, because gone are the days where you get, we're not, we're not living in China where a master just decides to take on one student and he teaches him everything he knows and that's it. That's it. It doesn't work like that, does it? You get, get big towns or big cities with, with a handful of decent instructors and they teach classes or whatever. It's not, it's not yeah. like the old school ways. So 
if you're going to do it full time, you have to run it like a business. So there has to be money involved. You have to you have to have monthly fees or, or whatever. You have to. It's like running a gym or or any other kind of CrossFit. Yeah. You, you, nobody calls CrossFit uh, gyms for making money out of it, do they? Or nobody calls like your uh, regular gyms uh, money grabbers for running a gym and having people train there. So why is it any different for martial artists trying to make a living from it? It's true. Yeah, I completely agree. And I hope that the the industry, I think it is, to be fair, you've got some really good guys now leading the way in terms of business and um, and giving people the tools to kind of build their businesses up to, to to make sure that people have a really good, you know, a really good living doing something that's amazing and can affect so many people. Um, a big thing, though, is a fear of rejection for people when they're selling. So them getting the, you, you do the sales pitch, you know, you've got a good product, you, you sell it to them, all right. And then they go, nah, sorry, not interested. And you go, oh, uh, where do I go from this then? Because I've got this amazing product. I know it's amazing. I've tried to tell you're amazing, but you're not having it. What's going on? So how do people, or what's some strategies maybe for people getting over the fear of rejection of sales? Well, for me, Dan, it was literally just doing it. I mean, when I first started knocking on doors, I didn't, I didn't particularly like having a door slammed in the face or I don't deal with cold callers, go away or, or fuck off or whatever. <laughs> it wasn't like the highlight of my day, but I just, you have to have the right frame of mind and think, right, this is a numbers game. So if you're, if you decide to, so say you're getting phone calls regarding your service now, Dan, you start to take phone calls. Or people, so you've got some kind of um, system in place where people will, will fill out an application for to speak to you regarding your course or i don't know what your system is in place but say for example you take phone calls if you have five phone calls in a day you're not going to get every one of them are you so it's a, yeah. think about numbers don't think about oh, oh you might reject me you might reject me you might reject me. You think right look at these five if i can get two of them interested then i've done all right so you just have to think about it mathematically as a numbers game rather than each individual hates me doesn't want to buy oh that makes sense. <laughs> that, it's not a personal attack it's just not a fit for everybody. Yeah. You're never going to, as a salesperson, I mean, but you are a salesperson without you realize it. So as a salesperson, you, your product is not a one size fits all. So the fact that you just pitched him and you're really happy with your pitch, if he doesn't buy it, it's probably because he just doesn't want it. Yeah. It's nothing to do with how good it is. Or he, it's just not a fit for him. So don't let that, that first rejection get, because the next person you might, speak to you might be the next star of Vivian or whatever it might Johnny you, you don't know do you so you just have to take each uh, individual caller each individual person as as an individual so it, you're not going to sign everybody up so that's how I overcome the fear of is just by thinking of it as a numbers game and it's not a personal attack on you the fact that they decided to say no definitely yeah yeah definitely a numbers game um what do you think about the customer journey then how does the customer journey work for you from from you know, getting a prospect maybe and then taking them through that journey up to becoming a, a client or a customer? Well, I mean, the thing was with what I was doing, it was that brutal. I was, I was getting, I, I was I was that idea because I did it for so long, I think door to door for like five years while I was doing the credit. I got to a stage where I could knock on a door in the afternoon, like four or five o'clock. Okay, whatever the pitch was. All right, so, uh, hi, I'm from your local karate club. Would any anybody in the family be interested in class? Have you got any children? Anything like that? Yeah, I've got a seven-year-old son, might be interested. Oh, have you ever done any martial arts before? Anything like that? No, no, first time. Excellent. What about you two? Would you do it with them? Be a family class kind of thing? Oh, yeah, you might be right. Are you all, are you all in seven o'clock? What time you normally put him to bed? Seven-thirty. 
Probably around at seven o'clock, I'll take 10 minutes to go for the information. All right. So, boom. I'll, I'll go around and make the appointments first, and I'll be going back and presenting them the same evening. So I could go from cold call to close in, in the space of a few hours. Perfect. Excellent. Yeah, good. Um, what's for the future then for you? What What do you want to see in the future? Um, and yeah, where's it going to go for the sales summary? Oh, that's a good question. Well, at the moment, I'm just putting together coaching. So I'm going to be doing one-on-one coaching and group coaching. Uh, I want to... The, the, the podcast is becoming more of, of part of my business. It's definitely kind of fitting in better since the rebrand. Uh, so I am focusing on speaking to sales guys, quite not not predominantly, but a lot of sales guys. But I do still like to speak to people that I find interesting, especially martial artists, because I am the sales summit. So it's still going to there's still going to be the martial arts aspect to it. It has to be. Uh, sure. I interviewed Sean Kernan last year. He was brilliant. Uh, That's he cool, was yeah. Mike Barnes in Karate Kid Three. So he, he yeah, was yeah. brilliant. So yeah, I've had uh, I've had a, another one as well, Doctor Breakthrough. He was he's a tenth degree black belt in the states. He he was famous for break. He used to break blocks that were on fire, like like blocks that were on fire. But he, he's just he's a, he's a motivational speaker. He's brilliant. Okay. So yeah, I'm, it's not just strictly uh, sales. It's it's kind of a mixture, but uh, it is mainly dedicated to that. So in the future, I'm, I'm looking to get more speaking engagements as well i've just done a, my first one today obviously it's not the same as being on stage or anything like that. it's just a, yeah. like a, a virtual summit but i'm getting more used to that because talking on your own for an hour is a, is a different ball game to like we're discussing backwards and forwards now i, I actually yeah. like literally planned it out topics five different topics 10 minute intro <laughs> it's quite a challenge so quite in depth yeah that, yeah yeah getting used to that so speaking um i want my book to get more sort of should we say uh, more more eyes on it or get read more get more popular so promoting that so getting on as many shows as possible and yeah pretty much just keep growing and, and learning perfect it sounds good how can people get in contact with you then if they want to know more about the sales samurai or know more about selling um or, or martial arts in general well um i am gonna literally i I've got a Sales Samurai YouTube channel. I haven't put as many videos on that recently, but my Instagram, I'm going to be starting putting this, because you can do reels on there now, so I'm going to start doing short clips on there, possibly just really, really short uh, martial arts clips on there. Yeah. So that's uh, Samurai JM80 is my handle for Instagram. Uh, just check out my uh, podcast as well, Cold Calling and Closing Mastery. It's available on most platforms. Yeah, and you could also just start off by reading my book. It's only like uh, nine quid on Amazon. That's the paperback version. Uh, Sales Samurai. If you just put in Sales Samurai Master, you'll, you'll find it. It comes up straight away. Plug the book a little bit for us. So, what's the book about? How did it come about? Yeah, well, it came. I've been thinking about writing a book for years, and it came about. I just kept putting it off and putting it off, and, and I actually spoke to a guy. He's brilliant, actually. Uh, he's based up north actually um, in sort of north wales and he's got his own publishing company because I, I was really happy with the idea of typing it up and writing my own words and all that but i didn't really like the idea of the editing side and the publishing yeah. part so he yeah tell me about it yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did all that side of things so um it was something that i kept procrastinating on. i knew i wanted to do something re- related to sales but i also wanted to kind of blend my bit of my story as well so it literally is 
a bit of my story mixed in with sales strategies, techniques, similar to what I've explained a little bit today, but more in depth. So it, it covers everything from sort of uh, cold calling, like we've covered, but also like uh, building rapport, how to follow up properly, uh, prospecting, uh, like different closing techniques and that kind of thing. So yeah, I go into just into more detail, but it's not like war and peace either. It's a relatively <laughs> smallish book. So no, I don't yeah. want to bore everyone to tears with sales, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's just a shortish book, but it's, it's definitely got some good golden nuggets in there, man. Well, fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on, John. I really, really appreciate it. Obviously, go and check out John, um, all of his channels on YouTube, Instagram. Go and check out the book as well, available on Amazon. Yeah, Amazon. Just put Sales Samurai Master. Perfect. Yeah, so go and check Everyone that out. On Kindle as well, so you can get it paperback or Kindle. Yep, perfect. So paperback and Kindle. So if you're interested in sales and John's story, definitely go and check that out. Um, obviously, check us out as well. Give us a like, give us a subscribe. Um, check us out, obviously, on the podcast channels, YouTube and Marshall Masters is also available on Amazon now with volume two coming in spring 2021. It's been another episode of The Marshall View. So thank you so much to John for joining us. And thanks to you guys Pleasure. for listening. Thanks, John. Thank you, Jim. Thank you.